coming to you from the KUCI headquarters in sunny Irvine, California. It's half past five with Paxton Wright. Tonight's guests, the creative minds behind the upcoming short film, Overcast, it's Anthony Calmetta and Richard Dulay, featuring music by Richard Dulay, aka D-Bar. Now, ladies and gentlemen, please welcome your host, Paxton Wright. Hello, this is Paxton Wright. You are listening to KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine. Uh, welcome to the very first episode of uh, Half Past Five with Paxton Wright. That's who I am. I have I have exciting news for everybody. Not only is this uh, going to be a terrific episode, I think it might just be our best episode ever. The reason for that is that it is also our first episode, so it's also unfortunately going to be our worst. So uh, get ready for a bumpy ride and also a legend in the making as far as the history of this show. Uh, my guests tonight are, as the announcer earlier, who is definitely not me, has already said, uh, Anthony Calmetta and Richard Dulay. How hey. are you guys doing? Good. How are you? Howdy. I'm, How's it going? Hey, I'm, I'm doing fantastic. You want to, Anthony and Richard, just sort of introduce yourselves so people know who's who? Sure. Um, this is the voice of Anthony and... Um... Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm Richard. Yeah. Nice. And how, how are you guys doing today? What, how, how's, how's life been treating you as of waking up? pretty good uh nothing to complain about just a little tired yeah what is it tuesday you know there's tacos <laughs> that's a thing it's right? friday richard oh, this geez. isn't pre-recorded we would never do oh, anything like yeah that pre-recorded we do everything this is live. live yes we are professional this is friday my bad <laughs> uh so yeah, so uh, uh, both of you guys are filmmakers. I actually met you guys through uh, the film department here. Um, mm -hmm. We had some classes together in the last few quarters, and uh, lo and behold, we got talking, and turns out you guys not only have worked on a project together in the past, you have one upcoming, which uh, it's Overcast, correct? Right. Yes, yeah, that's mm -hmm. correct. That's the working title. Right, um, and this is, uh, what stage is this in? Is this development? Um, this or? is in development, but it's a very quick development process, and we should be shooting um, by next month. And so, uh, well, we can get more about the film, more into the film later on, but you want to just tell me just kind of, obviously you, don't, you can't give away too much, because it's still very early on, and you want people to see it, but what, what can you tell us about the film right now as a nutshell? The film right now is a father-son story, um, and it revolves around the disappearance of the son's mother, and it's a psychological thriller from the perspective of the son, and it dips into the horror genre in a slight kind of way, um, but it also explores ideas of memor memory and its malleability. Nice. Sounds uh, heavy and uh depressing but that's definitely the, will that's, be yeah <laughs> historically those tend to be the best kind of films i will guarantee it will be depressing uh yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah so richard um so you're what is, what is your involvement in the film um yeah so i've worked with anthony in the past um we premiered our first short film actually last fall quarter um but for me i'm just uh, the music composer and uh, the boom mic operator and i'm going to be helping in the assistant editing process with sound so um this one we're definitely going to be challenging ourselves um, as far as uh, music composition goes and sound, because in our last film, um, it was kind of in the background, a lot of like ambient sounds, but this one is definitely going to be an integral part for uh, the overall production of it. Yeah. Obviously, we're, we're still in an early stage, but what kind right. of tone are we looking for right now? Obviously, not incongruously, you know, 
cheery and upbeat, but what 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 are you, do you know kind of yeah yeah going to go down? Probably like more like a somber tone. Yeah. De- de- definitely like uh, mysterious, probably as well, and um, a lot of suspenseful um, sound effects and foley that I'm going to have to incorporate into this. So, like I said, it's going to be a challenge, but you know you got to do some challenges to improve a little bit. Yeah, What's, a lot of suspense strings. Yeah. 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 What's life without a little challenge and a lot of suspense strings? That's what I always say. Uh, I've never said that. Uh, so. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so we can get a bit more into Overcast a little later on, uh, but I want to talk about your guys' uh, previous film, the one that you guys first started working on as uh, collaborators together. Well, tell, tell me a bit about that. What was it called? So Work in Progress was the first film that um, me and Richard had worked on together, and it was we did it for the um, FADA um, Zot Film Department, mm-hmm. and they gave us a really tight deadline, and we all pooled in money. We were all paired up with people. We had no idea. Like, we didn't know who they were. Super random. It was super random, and that was the biggest challenge, I'd say, because it was a matter of getting all those people to work together without feeling like they're being left out, because that was one of the rules, and um, I was only supposed to have, like, one role, and Richard was only supposed to have one role, um, because it's something about not having so much creative control. Everyone is more equally... um, you know, con- contributing to the film. But then I found that we really needed a guiding force to this. So, you know, I stepped up, I did the editing, did some script supervising, and Richard really stepped it up, and he was, yeah, my right-hand man. Uh, that's that's awesome, though. Um, so I, I would assume that in that time, though, that had to be... I know you, Anthony, have had a lot of experience um, in industry work as well, and, and Richard, you two have done a lot of collaboratory work in the past, but that had to be, I would assume, a real sort of next big step is to be in something so legitimate in the sense that you know that's that's i think kind of how the industry works is to get paired up and grouped up with a lot of small uh, various moving parts a lot of different cogs in the machine that you don't necessarily all know each other or mesh off the bat and you have to figure out how to make it work so there's something interesting about that um in the film industry the way the film industry works actually is a lot of people stick with who they know so that's why you don't see so many job postings. You don't see so many um, people reaching out like, oh, I need a cinematographer. It's because they have a network. Every filmmaker has their network of people that they like to work with. Um, and they find those people from various jobs. So, yeah, you're right. Like, you do pair up with some people at times. And if you jive together, like how me and Richard jive, then you um, collaborate on future projects. Um, but generally, you're not thrown in the mix with a bunch of people you don't know. It's You do start from somewhere, and there is already a pre-established network that you need to break into. Of course. Because um, that's kind of um, what, in my experience, even as an editor, that's kind of how, you know, that worked. Of course. And I don't, I don't mean to suggest either that it's always a, you know, a, a zoo of just randos all trying to, you know, make a, make a stew together. It's the strangest analogy I've ever used. <laughs> it's my first episode. So, but <laughs> that's what they do there. Right. Uh, yeah. but yeah, of course, I mean, that's what I mean though, is you still, especially on like an intern and, uh, what is it? We, we learned in one one a, the below the liners, you know, those tend to, those tend to switch. Yeah. Uh, no, it was definitely a great opportunity. You know what I mean? I think that I would, we would not have learned a lot of things uh, without have doing it. But uh, I can't wait for the next one. You know yeah. what I mean? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I, I can't either. Uh, actually, I want to talk to you a bit about the previous film because one very fun fact about it that a lot of people might not know, but I think a lot of our listeners who grew up in uh, the aughts, the sort of uh, early 2000s Nickelodeon generation, would be uh, excited to hear about who you got to play a role in the previous right. one. Yes. <laughs> yeah, we got um, Jerry Trainer, um, played the older brother in iCarly, Spencer. 
Um, also known as Crazy Steve. Crazy Steve. Crazy Steve. Steve. Yeah. 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 No, he was in the film, um, and it was a great um, pleasure working with him. I mean, he's super professional and just the he was yeah. the life of the set. He was hilarious and. Um, I would have never thought that Jerry Trainer was would sing Happy Birthday to me on set. Yeah, <laughs> like, funny enough, yeah. see, it I was, always thought that would happen. Yeah, but it's still I haven't, I haven't had the luck right. of that. Funny enough, it was both of our birthdays that weekend. Right. And yeah. Jerry and me and Richard each got a cake from Michelle, our producer. She was amazing. She went out and yeah, got a surprise Michelle. cake. Yeah, shout out Michelle. <laughs> got a surprise cake for both of us, and like, yeah, it was the best. I would say birthday surprise. That's awesome. Uh, and yeah, and so how did how did you even come about uh, getting someone for a, for a college film? How did you get someone like Jerry Trainer to come about doing this? So we were super fortunate because my co-director on the film. So I was working with someone named Duncan. Um, and Shout out Duncan Donuts. Yeah, yeah Duncan Donuts. That's his Instagram. <laughs> um, Duncan. He his mom is um, a casting director, and she knew Jerry. And she talked to Jerry and said, "Hey, my son is doing a short film. Um, we would love it if maybe you would." think about joining and um he said yes he came over we um we came up on he came the first day on set already prepared knew the lines he liked the script and yeah i mean it was it was great compared to i don't want to you know just because everyone else you know all the other actors were students compared to the students jerry trainer kind of led the creative discussion of character exploration if that makes any sense he was more like skilled in like fleshing out the character and trying new things whereas he kind of got everyone out of their shell so it was a, actually a really great asset to have him on set because he kind of just made everyone a little more lively and more able to explore themselves like as creators right and yeah. i would think it would also i mean correct me if i'm wrong here but i think that would also really help boost people's confidence to really it feel like they're doing something legitimate you know yeah. when you have someone yeah. who has experience that is a recognizable face uh and and has serious uh, clout and and known ability to be a part of your film. Clout. That Nickelodeon clout. Apparently, we're. <laughs> I love you, I Jerry. Know, this is uh, this uh, this is being done for a uh, complex mag. This episode. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, uh, I, I just mean that. I would think that it's got to be great for the self-esteem of, of the people working on this film. Oh yeah, yeah. He was just a fountain of knowledge. Like he would just like you know super easy to approach you know what i mean just communicated everything really well and um even our script like he he, he kind of like went off the grid and was just kind of improving a lot of it and it turned out fantastic it yeah. did yeah. yeah it worked uh well yeah so uh is that if people feel so inclined is, is are they able to see uh overcast right now or is it is that going to come later on down the road to the public what's the so the accessibility there? so the accessibility right now is once we finished um, post production in the coming two months, um, we're going to be submitting it to the FADA um, Zot Film Festival, mm -hmm. and from there we're going to take it to other film festivals. So I'm going to be shopping it around and um, you know applying for um, a bunch of other places. So it's going to be on Vimeo as well. So it's going to be online, but make no mistake we're gonna take this as far as we can great yeah we're going full effort 100 percent. so as of as of right now uh if anyone wanted to watch the film currently it's not not available yet but but give it a give it two months or so and it's uh okay awesome yeah, we'll, we'll be back <laughs> yeah we'll be back we'll be back to talk about it yeah. <laughs> uh richard is sharpening a knife on the other end of the right. <laughs> yeah 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 <laughs> i'm terrified i'm pressing the silent alarm button right now um because <laughs> kuci has a silent alarm button um <laughs> But uh, why wouldn't they? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so uh, 
I, Richard, I want to talk a bit about uh, uh, your work in music. Uh, oh yeah, sure. Obviously, I know it's you know it's not exactly about the films you guys have worked on, but it's you know it's how you ended up building the portfolio to to get your involvement in these films. Um, your your name, uh, your musical persona, if you will, is a uh, D Bar. Uh, can yeah. you tell us what that stands for? Or? Yeah, all, all caps D B A R. Um, yeah, it just stands for Don't Be a Richard. <laughs> uh, can you elaborate yeah. on why people should not want be to me? Be you? Yeah. <laughs> oh. Yeah. Oh. I mean, uh, that, that that's it's a kind of like a double meaning, I guess. Just like you know, don't be me is just be yourself, and then also just don't be a Richard, which a nickname for Richard, you know, is yes. Four letter word, and, and that's uh, not love, but you know, that's <laughs> what spurs feelings of love. Starts sometimes. with a D. Yeah, <laughs> in, that's in, all I'm going to say about that. In many individuals, yes. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yes, you know, the reason I was ex- exclaiming O oh, as I was asking that question. Right. Because I just realized mid question. I was, I was doing this research the other day. And I was like, don't be a Richard. Why wouldn't you? Yeah. And it's as I'm asking yeah. this question. Yeah. And it sucks to be me anyway, so y'all should just try to be yourself. That's, Paxton Wright. Everyone should try to be a Paxton Wright, you know? Uh, uh, <laughs> yeah. I, I'd, say, I'd say it's, you know. You could uh, be BAP. Aim for the stars, but if you have to settle at Paxton Wright, you, you'll, you'll be okay. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Is that what you're going to tell your future wife? <laughs> <laughs> that's, what told, that's what I've told every woman I've ever been with. Uh, <laughs> After every night with a c- cigarette in your hand. <laughs> 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 yeah, and so I was listening to one of your songs earlier today. Um, we have we have one that we're going to play later. Uh, oh, it's awesome. called Fear. Um, but I was linked to one that you had called uh, uh, Want It. Yes, um, yeah. And that was a very recent one, right? Yeah, yeah, that was just posted a couple weeks ago, actually, yeah. Yeah, and uh, you were who you worked on that with Grimless? Uh, yeah, Grimless is a friend of mine, met him online, uh, and then we actually met up in person, and I, we're really good friends. Shout out LJ. Everyone you should check out Grimless. He's fantastic. <laughs> yeah, is, he can be found on SoundCloud? Or yeah, what? yeah, he's, he's on SoundCloud, YouTube, just Grimless, just, you know. He's, he's a really cool guy. Yeah. The, Grinless with an N or an M? Oh, oh with an N. Sorry. Nice. Yes. Like uh, like Nutcracker. Yeah. Your music, you'd call it, I mean, I think a blanket statement would be like electronic, but it's definitely got its own very unique kind of brand to it. How would you describe it? Um, I'm just trying to like make music or like just really trying to expand the electronic genre uh, overall because I think right now it really has a bad connotation like with a lot of people. As soon as they hear the word EDM, they think like, oh, like raves or like partying and stuff but there's definitely like way more to it um i'm just trying to take it up from like an art perspective so even all the artwork i make is by hand um and all the sounds i make are mostly from me and sampling so um yeah you guys should go check it out (laughs) i I wanted to mention some of your sampling because a lot of it is is fascinating you managed to make a hard hard beat out of what's what sound maybe i'm wrong but it sounded like a uh silenced pistol sound effect from, oh. uh, from <laughs> goldeneye 007 yes did that, i, did I re- recognize it correctly yes that is that is the sound effect wow that's like actually crazy i'm like, like patting myself on the back yeah the <laughs> spotting that just a simple pew. yeah pew, 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 pew. yeah <laughs> um yeah I, I i sampled that um i always just try to sample sounds that just like sound really good for the ear you know what i mean and even in fears the one that you guys are going to be listening to i sampled a 1950s interview with some european students just about the fears for the year 2000 and it's crazy because a lot of things that they talk about in that are still applicable today. It, it really hits home. But because uh, uh, I also wanted to talk about, uh, you know, we mentioned that your music has a lot of samples and, and is a very kind of eclectic blend of influences. And it goes all over the place. Right. In, in yeah. The, in the span of a few <laughs> seconds, you're hearing 30 different sounds. <laughs> but it's it's great. And that's not that's not uh, to its detriment. It's, it's, it's Thank very you, yeah. clearly meticulously crafted. 
Um, but you also, to coincide with this, you've done a lot of uh, art and a lot of collage art. Talk a bit about that. Oh, yeah. I, I kind of mentioned that earlier. Um, so I, I just, I w- I've been doing uh, music for a while. Just I've been DJing since high school, and I started to get into production a few years back. But um, I got really tired of just having to rely on other people for whether that's for my artwork or for like my logo or just for anything like creative. Um, so I just kind of took it upon myself to just make everything on my own. So all the artwork I make, um, I actually just go to thrift stores or just at my home and uh, I just get random pictures and I just kind of cut them out and put, uh, collage them together to kind of fit the meaning of the song. Yeah. yeah. We're like as fears, you know, it's, it's, it's very like fearful of the future. So on the artwork, you'll have like a... Um, someone crossing a street with hazard signs and there's like a computer in uh, replacement of her head right. um, or for want it uh, you know I, I really want to make it eventually <laughs> you know what I mean I'm definitely on track for it um, but uh, I just wanted to kind of express that without having to say too much so literally throughout the whole song he just if you really want it you gotta go get it <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> so yeah nice and uh, and uh, just how did you I mean have you been has it always been electronic music for you like how did you get started doing music uh, did it start electronically immediately? Were there instruments, and you eventually sort of built your way up to working right uh, on a computer? What, what's the? Um, I mean, well, in elementary school, just like a lot of other kids, like I just took like guitar lessons, violin lessons, and stuff. Um, and it, it never really like you know clicked with me because I felt like it was like way too structured. But when I found out that you can make like your own sounds or like take sounds that you would not usually hear in typical music and put it onto computer and kind of like make your own song that way, it was like mind blowing. Before that, it was you know like. Through the fire and the flames and gu- on Guitar Hero <laughs> and like good old Eminem and you know what I mean. Did like, you ever do it on expert mode? Uh, you know, don't lie. I you know I didn't. I was a little too wuss, but <laughs> but man, give me easy level and I'm, I'm I, I I can kill it. But <laughs> Which is the three colors. Just the three colors at <laughs> the top. Yeah, it's that's, that's all I need. Don't get that whammy bar in there. Or that orange dude. Yeah. Anyway, that was a question. <laughs> and Anthony, I actually wanted to talk a bit about um, your history as a filmmaker because. If I'm not mistaken, you started off making films in a very specific uh, niche of animation. Um, so, act- yeah, it's so interesting. Um, when I was 14, um, even younger, um, I loved Legos. I mean, Legos are my thing, and I loved building them. But it got to a point when I realized, okay, where's the next step to playing with these things? And I realized, and I, after watching um, animated stop motion videos, I realized this is where I could take it. And when I was 14, um, 15, I started compiling um, these animation videos with like complex shots, like shots that I didn't see other animators doing because, you know, they were kids, like fellow kids. And I remember there was this one comment that said, hey, wow, this is really good for a beginner. And that kind of encouraged me. I'm like, oh, really? Like, I'm, you know, I'm kind of proud of this now. And um, ever since I, ever since then, I was planning on making an animated Lego feature film. Never got around to it though. And you were beaten to the punch. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, into the punch. Yeah, exactly. Lego movie. I, I saw that. There was a tear in my eye. <laughs> but no, the Lego movie's great. Um, I absolutely loved it. But um, other than that, yeah. And when I was when I turned sixteen, I realized you know film industry is for me, and moved out to Hollywood. That actually a point I wasn't even didn't really even have in mind to get to. But you you raised something that's very interesting. Is this notion of you know obviously there's a lot of pessimists talking about you know content creation in the modern era being so oversaturated it's impossible to get noticed no matter how good you are but it really does go a long way you mentioned that you posted this video as a kid yeah and by way of compliment by a stranger over the internet it was a big push toward something greater yeah and um 
Yeah, it really came down to um, like with streaming services. So I saw Dying Darko for the first time, and that's actually the movie I would say it spurred my um, desire to be a filmmaker. Um, the first time I realized that there was someone behind that camera. And it was on Netflix. I watched it on Netflix and I realized streaming services have all this potential and they reach wide audiences. And so does YouTube in which I posted that animated video. So you're right, like there are many ways to get noticed and it is hard to like rack up millions of views, of course, um, but it's never um, that hard to get exposure. Like I remember some new um, SNL um, cast members, they had a YouTube channel, they only had like a 10,000 subscribers, something like that, but they were noticed by Andy Samberg. Talk about good neighbor stuff? Yes, yeah. the good neighbor stuff. They were noticed by Andy Samberg, and that's how they got their break. So really, it's not about like getting a huge amount of views, but it's about reaching the right audience that you want to target right? and promoting yourself in the best way possible. Right. So then you can make those connections. Exactly. Yeah. And it's, I mean, of course, you can become... The uh, the multimillionaire on YouTube by by you know going lowest common denominator uh, doing sort of uh, half budded uh, to save myself there uh, children's programming yeah um, of you know flashy edits and what's up YouTube don't forget to blah 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 we're gonna be pranking my dad by pouring ice water on his feet when he's not looking it's gonna be hilarious you know like, it, it's a it's a genre that's uh, all I'm gonna say about that like it, people love it people will eat it up but it's very much designated to YouTube you would never see that content in a feature right. film and, or a TV show right and I mean my point my point being I don't mean to uh, just uh, poo poo what uh, work yeah. that our people are doing yeah, my yeah, point yeah. is that well, yes, you can. You can make your living that way. Richard, are you laughing because I said poo-poo? <laughs> Maybe. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's okay. I, I had to refrain as well. Um, but, uh, uh, yeah, of course, you can make your living that way, and that's great. You know, I definitely think I, I have my own thoughts on going that avenue, but it's neither here nor there. The, the point is that it, it can also lead to you can take less views, you can take uh, a bigger... I wouldn't say monetary hit, but you can't make the degree that they might on those channels, but you can get the right kind of exposure to build your brand better in the grander scheme of things. Does that make sense? Yeah, it makes sense because like, like um, I think you're, you're saying is when you start to build that big audience, you start to get associated with that kind of content. It gets harder to break away from it. Right. Um, so if you start out with and someone finds you when you're like, you know, you don't, you're not too well known, they can turn you into something else. Right. Uh, well, that is about wrapping up our time for this interview. Um, but I want to thank you guys so much for uh, coming in here uh, live Friday at 5.30. Friday, Taking yes. out your Friday afternoon. Yes, it is Friday. Here yeah. What a and, great week. <laughs> and definitely it's been such not, a great week. Definitely not coming over here uh, immediately after our class lets out on uh, Wednesday. Of course not. You know, no, it was, uh, you guys really went the extra mile. So uh, thank you so much. Uh, just real quick, um, so the the uh, the name of the film is Overcast. Um, that's the working title at the moment. Um, it could stay. Um, I'm still debating that. Um, when the script is completely solidified, I'm going to be asking Richard and um, other people what they think about the title um, and if it needs to be reworked because it is a little vague, but sure. it does kind of encompass the tone sure. of, the, of the picture. And then the, the previous one was uh, Work in Progress. Work in Progress, which Trainer. was very much a work in progress, <laughs> <laughs> which is why we named it. <laughs> Life's a work in progress, <laughs> yeah. right, guys? Yeah, uh, that, was the, that was the theme. Yeah, yeah. And uh, uh, actually, there is one question. Uh, we can hopefully make this work. I 
don't know if it's going to be doable in time. Do you have time to tell us about your Iggy Azalea story? Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, I was... So when I first um, went to Hollywood, um, I was editing. I was thrown into editing um, at the Traveling Picture Show. And from there, I moved to other companies. One of those companies, we were doing a feature film uh, with like Chris Brown, French Montana, some other people inside. And at the time, the Iggy Chris is Brown? the, yes, the, <laughs> the woman's man, yeah. Chris Brown. <laughs> oh, shoot. And yeah, on my collar in the It's studio. okay. It's okay. <laughs> Moving on. Um, yeah. At the time, um, French Montana, you know, he was dating Iggy Azalea. And um, she came into one of the screenings at his mansion and she started trashing the film. And it was funny because we knew the film was terrible, mm -hmm. right? We knew it was absolute garbage and we were doing our best as editors to fix it. So the director even came and he's like, hey, I need your help. I need to salvage this thing. Like this cost <laughs> money a lot. And oh there's a lot gosh. riding on this. Like French Montana put his own money into this. And like, he, anyway, so to have Iggy Azalea like verbally bashing say oh why didn't you do this why didn't you do this it's like we don't have money a for reshoots second we're working with what we have and third this is like a personal screening like she had to be walked out like yeah oh, wow well, she she came a long way from fancy didn't she oh my god that was in the peak by the way oh, when that was, happened this was pre uh, this was like this was pre, pre her uh, fall this oh boy this was like when she was big so this was like um we had to keep it all hush hush like oh he's dating her like the tabloids don't even know this like we're not even supposed to say this and could've but now marketing for the film it could have and it did get picked up surprisingly um it got picked up even though it's been re-edited like a hundred times it's been in post-production for two and a half years probably I think two and a half now. It's probably not going to see the light. <laughs> uh, it, it might. It got picked up for really? distribution <laughs> in theaters. So my name's going to be up there, but like... One of these days. I don't I don't want my name <laughs> yeah, on associated that. With yeah, it. yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I make the hard promise that I maybe will see the film potentially. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it, someday. It, it, okay. um, there's already a trailer, like a mock trailer online. But dude, I've been seeing that footage way too much. Like I will know that movie by heart when it finally hits theaters so yeah. what you're what you're saying is uh to our listeners that they should all definitely go out and see this film they should it see it so you can get a good laugh and also a good cringe <laughs> i love the sound of it now uh before we uh, uh play us out uh if people feel so inclined to see your music or uh updates on the film uh where can they follow you guys at do you guys have social media or anywhere they can kind of keep track of what you're doing um you could find me vimeo um Anthony Calmetta, A. Calmetta. Um, I've got a production company called Virtual Celluloid. Can you spell uh, Calmetta for our listeners just real quick? Yeah, it is K-A-L-M-E-T-A. Great. And uh, Richard? Yeah, uh, I can be found at D-Bar Music, uh, pretty much every platform on Twitter, SoundCloud, uh, YouTube. But I, I think on SoundCloud, it's all, just all caps, D-B-A-R. Um, so yeah, don't be a Richard, guys. All right. <laughs> that's, that's our message to close us out. Don't be a Richard. Guys, thank you so much. All right, thank you. Thanks, Appreciate thank you. it. And uh oh, and the song real quick is called Fears. Fears. All right, we're gonna we're gonna play that right now. Thanks a lot, guys. <laughs>